Hey, welcome to Brand Bite, the bite-sized podcast by the Barclay Card Global Brand Team. Hi, and welcome to Brand Bite with me, Daniel Spence. I'll be your host for the next 20 minutes or so. We're going to be talking about innovation in the realms of finance and many other things. I've got three amazing guests to discuss this interesting topic. Um, I'm going to go around the table and you can introduce yourself one at a time. On my left, I have Mitz. Hey, I'm Mitz. Uh, I'm head of projects at Prezo. Or pretzos, it depends on how you want to call it. What is it. the pronunciation? Actually? Well, we sit in internal meetings and we have this debate probably three or four times a day. It's either pretzo or prezzo. I always say it's pizza and not pizza. So yes. pretzo and not prezzo. Okay. But either goes. Leaning tower of pizza. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I'm Wally Brill. I'm the, uh, my day job is I'm head of uh, conversation design, advocacy, and education for Google. Um, today, I'm speaking as an independent consultant about how voice and um, speech recognition are a ubiquitous channel uh, for getting things done. And to my right, we have... Hi, everyone. Uh, I'm Nick Kerrigan. I'm the Managing Director of Future Payments uh, at Barclay Card, uh, which also sounds like a rather grand title. Uh, but essentially, my job is uh, driving innovation uh, across our businesses and uh, creating great solutions for consumers and merchants alike. Thanks. Um, so, yeah, first off, I just wanted to um, explore this relationship that we have between Barclay Card and Prezzo. And we've got you two lovely people here who are involved in that project, which is the Dine and Dash project. Is that right? Absolutely right. Can you explain a bit about Dine and Dash and, and payments with Barclay Card? Yeah, sure. And I mean, this comes from our, our view of uh, how we do uh, innovation in payments, because uh, for us, um, innovation is not just about shiny technology. Innovation is actually about solving uh, customer pain points and, and merchant pain points. Uh, and, and we look to, to find those pain points and then work with great partners like, like Prezzo uh, to try and solve them. So uh, in the case of uh, Dine & Dash, uh, what we identified is that the, the restaurant uh, uh, bill process is a, real, is a real pain point for people. Um, you know, we all love going out and having a meal with uh, friends and family. We all hate that bit at the end. Uh, when you have to wait for the bill, You're waving. Your yeah, hands, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the jazz hands thing, yeah. and, and we did, you yeah, know, that action. Absolutely. Note we, to listeners: I'm drawing on my hand. <laughs> International symbol for where's the yeah, bill? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You wait for the bill, and then you wait for the card machine again if you're paying by card. And some we did some research, and 36% of consumers said actually that um, waiting for the bill was the you know the the single biggest part pain point in that whole kind of restaurant process. And so uh, we looked to create a solution that kind of solved for that. So Dine and Dash is an experiment that we're doing together with Prezzo um, to to basically come up with a with a way of uh, of just simply you know uh, tap, eat, and go. Okay. And, and how does that translate on the restaurant side? How are you seeing that sort of innovation in effect? Well, interestingly, we did our own research as well. Um, we have customer surveys that we do for whenever somebody comes to eat and has a digital touch point at one of our restaurants. Um, and we found that on our net promoter scores, payment was one of the hardest parts. And in, in fact, it, if you had an amazing time, that payment piece was the bit where you would lose points or you'd lose, lose score. Uh, so we were looking for something to do as well. We were looking for a, a way to come come out of this and, and make sure that you know every customer that comes to our restaurants has a really warm welcome, some sort of a magic moment in between, and a fond farewell, um, and not have a, a foul taste left in their mouth. A bit of a pun there. Yeah, love, love a pun. <laughs> um, Q canned laughing. <laughs> it, it, it is. I mean, I've I've used Dine and Dash once, and um, I did find that it was 
an interesting experience and it did it, you know like sort of what did you, what did you just call it there um the sort of um fun at the end of the of the meal you know it's like oh oh actually this is really cool i can use this cool bit of technology it is and and also it does save time and it does make everything a lot easier yeah and ultimately our our biggest goal is to to turn tables faster um and obviously make more money of course yeah, uh, yeah. and you know that's Speaks that's the aim process. of every every business where dine and dash comes in is it gives us that bit of theater but also it 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 satisfies our need to get that payment process faster sure, um, business level, yeah. and, and people through quicker, especially in our, our central London restaurants. We, we have people that come to the, to, to eat before they go to the theater, that kind of thing. And they have a very hard cut off date, uh, cut off time that they need to be out by. And if they're not, that causes a real issue. Uh, and so something like Dine and Dash is perfect. Plus it looks amazing on a table. You, you look at it and you think, wow, that is the tech of the future kind of thing. So for, for, for people listening in, how, can you um, give us a bit of sort of a picture of what that the process looks like and what the app looks like or however it yeah. breaks and, down? And the user journey. Yeah, yeah. Happy, happy to do that. So, so you know, it, it takes the principle of what we call like um, invisible payments. So we're all familiar with the experience you get with Uber where you, you download an app, you register yourself and your card details. So it's all set up up on your mobile phone and then when you take the cab ride at the end you just step, will step out. out and it's done no finding your wallet no fumbling for cash and and so dine and dash is kind of inspired by that trend so the user journey is uh, you download the app you register yourself you register your card details you're all it's all set up on your mobile phone and then when you come to the restaurant you're greeted you know by the same waiting staff that you would be uh, would be otherwise, uh, but you're taken to the table, and on the table you'll see a, a small device. We call it the the totem that we've designed. Uh, it's quite discreet, um, but it, it, it's there as a visual indicator for the for the customer and for the waiting staff. So you take out your mobile phone, open up the app, and then connect to the totem. Uh, and basically, you're checking into the table at that point. It tells you in Prezo. You tell it tells you you're at table fifty, and and then the totem goes blue. And the, it lights up blue to tell the customer that they've registered, they've checked in, but it also tells the waiting staff you're using Dine and Dash. Yeah, yeah. And then you, you just order your food as, as normal um, and you get the same great service experience that you, you would do. You know, the waiter or waitress will tell you about the specials or that kind of, kind of uh, you know, that, that good service experience. And then you get your food just as you would uh, as, as, as usual. Uh, enjoy the food. But then when you're ready to go, you, you can either just walk out or in fact, or you can open up the app, check what you've got, you know, you you've had, add a tip, and then hit pay. In both cases, the totem then goes green, and and the totem goes green as a visual indicator to say uh, to the customer, give them the confidence they've actually paid. But also, it, the waiting staff can see if somebody gets out, start, starts putting their coat on, it's green. They've they're paid. They're not actually trying to dine and dash yeah. in the in the American sense of the word. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> What's the uh, the uptake so far? How long have you been doing this? Yeah, so so it's an experiment. So so we we launched it to to, to the to the media in partnership with 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 Preso, and we got great pickup. We got about uh, what over 120 pieces of media coverage, which which was awesome, um, and great pickup on social. We then hosted a consumer demo day, so at one of the central London restaurants. Uh, and we're just getting ready to uh, to do a colleague pilot. So that will be the Barclays colleagues um, in a couple of pretzel restaurants. And we'll be using that really to 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 learn, to sort of, you know, iron out any issues. And uh, and then from that, we'll look to whether we take it, you know, then in partnership to a, to a commercial pilot to customers. And the interesting thing is that it's so intuitive, uh, even though it's new technology. When we did that, that first kind of uh, kind of test pilot type type session that we had, 
there was was no instructions on how to do it. People just came in, they downloaded the app, and they just followed what they would intuitively do. And even even the leaving part, even the uh, <clears throat> I've, I've eaten, I'm leaving. People don't get nervous that uh, they haven't paid. That, so that I mean, that's that's why we 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 had the the totem as a visual indicator because uh, as we talk to customers and you know, uh, uh, Mitz was doing the same. You know, people don't have the confidence unless they actually can see that they, you know that that kind of thing that tells them they've paid and other people can see it as well because it's a social experience. You know, have you actually paid? Just in the same way as we've got used to uh, to contactless now, and on a contactless terminal, when you tap your card, you know it beeps. You get the little green indicators. It's it, you know the totem, if you like, is the kind of is the equivalent of that for the for the restaurant environment. Just a quick question from me: Where do you see the sort of the future of this um, system? Would it eventually be completely um, just in the app, no humans, or do you always think there needs to be a need for a waiter or someone? On, on hand just in case to sort these issues out? For the environment that, that Pretzo work in, we would definitely still have waiting staff. I, th- I think it's it's important that you still get that personal touch when you when you go out for a meal, especially if you're eating a, a meal that's going to cost a, within a certain range of, of money. So if it's fast food, you just want to take it and go. Yeah. If you want to sit and you want to be traditionally Italian and take some time, you know, it takes a few hours to eat that food and enjoy the conversation and enjoy yeah. the wine, you want to have that human interaction so sure. we still see that and and that's part of the social for, the conven- convention people want to have a, a waiter come and talk to them they want to have a waitress come and ask them how their food was um but but where we see it really helping us is is getting people paid and, and out the yeah, door yeah. quicker the end of it yeah, yeah. so it's not going to devastate the acting industry for everybody who needs a job <laughs> as a waiter <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and th- and with that, I mean, you know, it's also about freeing up the the time of the waiting staff, so they're not doing this kind of administration task at the end of you know the the bringing the bill, bring the card machine, right? You can actually free up the waiting staff to give that service piece that Mitz you were just talking about, you know, talking to customers, you know, that kind of that kind of interaction, which is what people really want from the waiting staff. Yeah, know? and we did some really good time and motion studies in our restaurants, and this is Pretzel's own experience, so. We sat in restaurants and we we timed how long it takes from the moment that someone asks for a bill to the moment that they actually leave the restaurant. Mm. And that could have been anywhere between five minutes and 30 minutes, depending on how busy they were, uh, what else the waiting staff had to do. A, a classic example is I ask for a bill. The waiting staff goes, yep, no problem. We'll get that for you. As they walk to the till to get the bill, a cu- somebody else asks them a question, so they go and do something else. Some food is ready, so they need to take the food to the table. And there's all these other things, that all these distractions that come along and, and, and cause that time to elongate. And all that time, the person that wants to pay the bill is getting more and more frustrated. Um, and so we, we saw it firsthand, and we thought, this is definitely something we need to do. And then these guys came up with Dynadash, and we saw it from the concept, right? Mm, so absolutely. I remember coming to, to your offices yeah, uh, yeah. and... Uh, Usman showing us a, a kind of like a, a hash together type yeah, thing. Yeah, and he yeah. went, we've got 13 different prototypes of, the, of what the totem looks like. <laughs> to, to seeing it on the table in one of our restaurants, yeah. you know, just lighting up. It, it's just a, a, an amazing thing to look at. Sure. And for, and for uh, customers, Barclaycard customers and other customers out there, how do you see this technology moving into other fields, maybe, or or, or how what other uses can you see yeah, for yeah, yeah. it? We think this this trend that we talk about invisible payments is is a big trend, and actually it will come across lots and lots of use cases just because it's so much more convenient for the customer. And and I think you know in in whatever business you're in, 
in the current environment, convenience trumps most other things. Now, customers obviously want convenience with control, right? And we've got to be mindful of that. Um, but ever more convenient solutions will will win. Um, so, you know, we last year we did a, uh, another experiment called Grab and Go. And that was all about shopping without checkout, right? So you've seen Amazon. Um, Amazon have, have launched uh, in the States Amazon Go. It's a store. You, 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 same principle. You walk into the store, you check in, and then you just take your items off the shelf and just walk out. It's exactly the same kind of, kind of thinking. And so, uh, so we, we built a, a solution around that where, again, you have, a, you have an app on your, on your mobile device and you go into a shop and you scan, the, in this case, the barcode. And then you just hit pay and you just walk out with it. And we, we piloted that at uh, five uh, Barclays canteen sites with 700 old colleagues um, and, and got some really, really good feedback. And we're currently, you know, looking at whether to take that into, a, into an external uh, kind of pilot. So absolutely, we will see this kind of trend, this kind of, you know, flow of experience coming in many other different situations. And, and us as consumers, will we're going to, you know, I, I fully foresee we'll adopt that because convenience, that frictionless thing, that's... Yeah. That's very powerful. Well, I think the key is um, that, as you say, a free customer journey, that user experience is so important to most innovations and, and especially when it's so technical and, you know, and it frees everything up. It frees for a business sense. Mm. It frees you up to be more fast and more efficient. And on, on the user end, you know, I love the fact that I can just go bang, bang, bang. It's there. It's done. So simple. Yeah. And to have that reassurance. Yeah. I guess that links to Wally's area of expertise, this empathetic personality aspect of incorporating that into AI and having a customer who's using a bot, but it needs to it needs to feel real. It needs to feel like an actual interaction with a person and that they're going on the journey with them rather than just, oh, here's that data you want. Wally, could you tell us a little bit about your role and, and what you do? Well, I help third parties kind of like, uh, you know, you guys uh, create fabulous experiences for the Google Assistant. So, uh Conversation, ubiquitous computing, ambient computing is now a thing. We're going to see more of it. We're going to see human voice used as the, uh, the major uh, engagement system. So how do you create a conversation that's engaging? How do you create a conversation that's natural so that people can use what they've had hundreds of thousands of years to develop, which is a natural sense of a to-and-fro conversation? So that's not something that an awful lot of companies know how to do initially. So that's what we do. We go out and help them to develop those skills in-house and digital agencies as well uh, so that they can create things for the assistant that are useful. And it's useful. interesting. We're toying with an, an idea with one of our suppliers to, to use uh, the ability to speak to book a table um, through something like Google Assistant. Talk to us. We, we love it. No, it's uh, it's 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 <clears throat> it's spreading like wildfire. I can easily see a, a user journey where <clears throat> I'm at home and I speak to my Google Assistant, <clears throat> book a restaurant, go to the restaurant, use mm -hmm. Dine and Dash to pay, seamlessly pay. Yeah. You know, like uh, what's it? It's not not seamless. Sorry, um, invisible, invisible payment. Yeah. Uh, get in my brain. Branding. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's still a new thing. You can see how it would work though. Like yeah. it does all come together. Everyone's role around this table, for instance, is all linked all through innovation and how you know, and it's pushing every field to go further. It's really interesting. And, and and that's the thing with the voice piece. I mean, I'm, I'm a big fan of the new voice, cha voice channels and I think people will adopt them, you know, pretty quickly. 
Um, but it has to be it has to be like intuitive. It has to feel like you're having a natural conversation with a person rather than it's just a, a reincarnation of the IVR on, on a, you know, on a, on a kind of, you know, a new funky looking device. Uh, and, and actually, you know, designing uh, those kind of experiences where people can say basically anything and, and you you know, but you have to help them get the service they want. That's that's actually, you know, it's it's quite challenging, but also quite exciting. You're almost rethinking what service is actually about for, say, a, a bank. Yeah, and it's, the technology has gotten extraordinarily better. I used to, uh, I used to be a consultant putting in those horrible IVRs, and uh, we used to talk about. Uh, Oh, you know, uh, text-to-speech, for example, which is the foundation of the Google Assistant and the other one. Um, <laughs> you know, they, they, they speak through text-to-speech generally. And I used to tell my customers, don't go near it. It's horrible. It doesn't work, blah, blah, blah. In the last two and a half years, it's become extraordinary. It's become very natural. The prosody or music of speech has become natural. It, it just sounds well, great. Sorry to jump in. Can you just explain to our listeners the difference between text-to-speech and text recognition, speech recognition. and Absolutely. Well, so there's two ways to do things. You can either use human speech that's recorded and what we call concatenated. In other words, it's joined together. This phrase is joined together with that phrase and it makes a whole sentence. Like right? on the train you hear. Exactly. Okay, yeah. Exactly. Um, and the other way to do it, which is necessary for dynamic content, in other words, uh, when, they're, when you're buying air tickets or something, you use what's called text-to-speech. And that means that a computer is generating the voice out of what, what's previously been recorded, but it, record, it uses phonemes or, or tiny, tiny pieces of speech and creates a voice. Now, it used to be very, very robotic and sound horrible. Um, and now it's perfectly natural and, and beautiful. So there's, and you can seamlessly go from one, to, uh, invisibly go from one to the other. Uh, just to take us on a slight tangent for a second, um, one area um, I'm interested in personally is AI. Uh, in our first podcast, we actually spoke a little bit about that. I just wondered where you saw AI heading, what, what sort of, how you've seen it develop over the past few years, Wally. Well, so obviously AI has been phenomenal for making things more convenient for people. You know, you open your, uh, your, your map, for example, and it'll give you your commute time and best routes, things like that. Wonderful stuff like that. Where we're, I, I would say where the, the industry is going now and where things are headed is for actually empathy in the relationship between the computer and the human. And by that, I'm not saying that we're going to fall in love with AI and we're going to go off into the sunset and uh, have a fabulous relationship. What I mean is we're looking to meet the user where they are. You know, it's, it's really about user-centered design to the nth degree. It's about making sure that we are delivering to them what they need at the time and how they need it, rather than just giving them this blank face. Sure, giving it a bit of personality as well. Oh, yeah. Personality is certainly a part of it. Yeah, I agree. I agree with Wally on, on that in terms of the empathy piece. But I suppose I'd add another angle uh, as well. If you think about AI or machine learning and deep learning as, as subsets 
of that. Um, you know, that by the time we get to 2020, there's going to be 10 times as much data as there was in 2013. And so, you know, from a, you know, a, a financial institution perspective, you know, having an analyst with an Excel spreadsheet, they can't possibly cut it in, in this in this world. Um, you need different kind of, uh, you know, tools and approaches to, to be successful um, in, in the future. And, and, and so AI, I think, will play a very important role in that. And we've been uh, doing a number of uh, different pilots, uh, particularly with machine learning, looking at uh, you know different different types of use cases. You know everything from you know the things you'd expect from from a, a financial institution like fraud and credit risk and those kind of kind of pieces, through to some more kind of cutting edge kind of things. So uh, thinking about whether we can uh, use uh, those tools and new data sets to uh, to identify uh, you know potential you know issues for a customer. And then be able to be, you know, proactive about about solving them. So, so I'm I'm very excited about about this uh, this space. And I think AI will be, you know, partnered with the humans in the company. Um, it won't be like you know the whole thing of you know the computer takes over the sort of Skynet type type idea. The, the I think I think it's going to be uh, you know enable companies to be a whole lot more productive and to use that vast quantity of data more effectively. So I've seen. Oh, I was, gonna, I was just going to say I've seen in the states banks are starting to do things like financial advisor um, through AI. So yeah. is that the kind of thing that you're headed to? Yeah, I mean, the you know the whole kind of space of what they call robo advice, um, it, yeah, is undoubtedly going to be uh, going to be be important. I, I do think though, when you get into things like uh, you know financial advice that's essentially tailored to the individual, what's really important is you're able to explain to that individual why you're making a recommendation that you're making, how you've understood their needs, and how uh, how the machine. Is coming up with you know using its algorithm with with what it's what it's what it's doing and that um, you know so that you know there's there, there's got to be a kind of uh, a control aspect there as well. Mitz, did you want to jump in? I was just going to say I think um, AI plays a big part in in all of the, all industries, including the restaurant industry actually. And I keep referring back to the restaurant industry because that's all I really know. Um, but <laughs> don't worry, I don't know anything about anything. <laughs> it's fine. But um, even to the point where we are now looking into using things like facebook bots and 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 using artificial intelligence within that that kind of kind of uh innovation to to see and and to help predict what our customers are going to be asking and what they want um i guess that links to wally's area of expertise this empathetic personality aspect of incorporating that into ai and having a customer who's Using a bot, but it needs to it needs to feel real. It needs to feel like an actual interaction with a person, and that they're going on a journey with them, rather than just oh, here's that data you want. Yeah, totally. And and, that, and that, I think that's the key. The key is to to, to get buy in from humans when they're using this kind of technology. You have to have that empathy in that. It's also uh, the, there's a piece of it where we need to make sure that nobody thinks they're interacting with a human. They're interacting with a robot. They need to know that. They need to be comfortable with that. But by the same token, we can give them information in a way that is engaging, that serves their purpose, and gets their job done, which is really what they want in the first place. Guys, I think we've come to the end of our allotted time. I'm very, I'm very sorry. Uh, but it's been a wonderful experience and uh, interesting talking about innovation with you guys. I just wanted to get a quick word from everybody, just how you see the future of innovation, maybe just... Uh, if you can, give us a hint of some future things we could expect. If you can't, just give us an idea of where you see it heading. 
Mitz, if you want to go first. Okay, so uh, I think at Pretzo we're we're really keen on on pushing those boundaries of of innovation, um, and I think we've got quite a, a good journey we're already on with Dine and Dash. Uh, we've got some other things in the pipeline, both from a food perspective and from a technology perspective. I think they go quite hand in hand. Uh, so you expect to see some really good innovation in food, things that you don't see in other restaurants, and also get to see some some really good tech stuff that that leaves you going, wow, that was good theatre at my table. Wonderful. And Wally? I I think, you know, as I said before, I think I think speech and voice is the future. I think it's what's what's beginning to be seen as uh, a ubiquitous uh, uh, methodology. And I think we're just going to see a lot more of it. It's going to move further into the customer service realm. It's going to move into uh, into everything, really. And it makes things so simple. And you can make it really branded yeah, sure. for you folks who care about those kinds of things. Which we do. We all do. Yeah. And Nick, give us, a, give us a Barclay Card perspective. I mean, uh, I think in Barclay Card, it's all about making uh, customers' uh, lives, you know, ever more convenient and making, you know, n- nobody, nobody sets out to, to make a payment. They want to get the ex- the service experience, and the and the payment is an essential part of that. But we're going to make payments so much more uh, streamlined and, as I said, invisible. Okay, great. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you for being here. Thank you for talking about innovation, taking time out. Thank you, Mitz. Thank you, Nick, and thank you, Wally. Join us next time. You've been listening to Brand Bite. Barclay Card. Start today.